Yes, everybody, welcome to On Our Radar with me, Lewis Duckers. Tonight, we've got a very special guest on the show. He became the first artist in history to sell out three nights at the Liverpool Olympia, and his second album, Moments, is upon us. It's Mr. Jamie Webster. Jamie, how are you, man? What's happening, Lewis? Thanks very much for the nice intro there, and nice to be with you. <laughs> I'm good, man, I'm good. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great to be talking to you, pal. And well, we're almost, almost there. It's almost uh, album release week and uh, second album moments. How, how are you feeling about everything? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's come around like well, it's I say it's come around quick, even though we've we've had the campaign for four months or something. But obviously, I toured just before Christmas and then took Christmas to chill out and relax. You know what I mean? And sort of take my mind off everything, and then sort of back in went back into well back into the office. On a on on no, the, the Monday or Tuesday after New Year, and it's just all you just realise it's, it's only a few weeks away now until it gets out. So we've been we've we've had all hands on deck really trying to get all the last little sort of you know pr- promo and marketing sort of uh, schemes going and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm feeling excited now. I was nervous like in the first announcement and that, but. Now I'm just excited for people to hear it more than anything else. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, it's been recorded since like May. Um, oh, was it recorded? Right, okay. Um, so yeah, it's like uh, it's over yeah. six months old. Yeah, I've been sat on it alongside. I've written. I think I finished writing it this time last year. So like you know, it's it's been a sort of it's been a long time in the making. Let's say, do you know what I mean? For for getting here now, but I've just been in my spare room. In my house, recording the vocals for album three. Do you know what I mean? Which, uh, which Man, is, you, you are not messing about, are you? There's <laughs> nothing else to do, really. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, well, obviously I've been out and toured, and then now we're sort of, everyone's sort of, twi- obviously I'm back out the end of the month, but everyone's sort of twi- twiddling the thumbs, waiting to see where they can gig, because obviously it's there's still restrictions in places and all that sort of stuff. So for me, I'm just writing. And uh, enjoying it, you know what I mean? Making making use of my time, sat here. But yeah, it's, it's all good for this album, though. For moments, um, as I say, I'm just excited more for just people to hear it now because, like I say, I've heard it for such a long time. I'm literally working on new tunes now, but this is still, you know, there's been four singles released off the album, but there's still six big tunes there. That, like, I haven't messed about and done album fillers or anything like that. I've just hit. Big tune after big tune, that's what I've gone for. So Go, going hard, mate. I mean, yeah. the four tunes we've heard so far. I mean, Jesus, like you just know that this album. I mean, they're talking about it being one of the hottest releases of the year already, and it's uh, it's gonna go off, mate. I hope so, lad. You know what I mean? Because obviously, you put a lot into it, but yeah, I'm just buzzing now. I mean, if people are related to the first one, they're definitely going to relate to the second one, so yeah, it should be an exciting. Exciting month or so for me, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, look, looking forward to getting back out on tour, as I say, at the end of the month. And yeah, it's good, to, you know, it's a good time to, to be me at the moment. I'm looking for positive, everything's positive and looking forward to, you know, musically speaking, do you know what I mean? Looking forward to... Yeah, go to man. And like you say, getting back in the... Uh, in Well, you had a massive tour before Christmas, but a couple of special live shows around the launch of the album. You go into the cavern, man, how iconic. Yeah, it's, oh, you know what I mean? It's one of those places, you know, obviously the Beatles are most famous for, for playing there, but, you know, 
when you go in there, there's pictures of Jake Bug played there, you know. Yeah, Arctic Monkeys as well, I think, played there. Yeah. I say, yeah, they're they're in the dressing room, a picture of Alex Turner on the stage, you know. So, uh, I'm buzzing. I've done a little gig there with Scott, but, you know, with this one being my own gig and my own sort of fan base and everything, it's... uh, I'm proper buzzing for it. Mate, it's going to be electric in there. You can just you can just see it already. The sweat dripping off the ceiling. Yeah, and it's going, yeah. to be, it's going to be absolutely electric. The lucky few who've got tickets. Oh, my God, what a gig. Yeah, yeah. 15 seconds they had to get tickets this morning. And... Wow. 15 <laughs> seconds. Sold the cabin out in 15 yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah it, was, uh, it was a nice feeling as well. Especially for like, the, not just for me, the lads who play me band. A big Beatles head, you know what I mean, and stuff yeah. like that. So, like, they, they were buzzing with that, and you know, we, we were announcing a matinee show there the same day, which is going on sale tonight at six. So, yeah, it's it's boss. You know, it's nice. Snap those tickets up in fifteen seconds. Anyway. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a surreal feeling to be honest. I don't really know how to take it that we we been tickets have been sold out there in fifteen seconds. It was. Something that you'd always seen with the artists. So, like, I've been on the receiving end, you know what I mean? So I get tickets for a favourite artist and the tickets are like gold dust and you're literally on the website early as you can and, you know, trying to do all that stuff. And surreal, really, to think that people have been doing that to come and see me play, you know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah. And that's proper old school as well, isn't it, throwing the matinee in there, especially in the cavern, because, of course, the Beatles, they were famous for the lunchtime slots as well as their evening slots. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's old yeah. school, man. Yeah, I like to try and keep it as old school as possible. Possible, even the way I recorded the album was done in the old school way. Four of us in a room all playing together. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yes. Nice, like, do you know what I mean? In a, in a place like Rockfield. Mate, oh. I mean that's so Rockfield. There, I was going to ask you about it, but I mean that is just like the recording studio of the gods in it, mate. I mean, the inspiration that you must have had just stepping foot in a place like the people who've gone before you, and. Yeah, you're not, you're not wrong, lad. It was, uh, it was the producer who we worked with, Dave Eringer, who took us there. He, he, he said that's where he likes to work out of. And he had a boss track record, Manic Street Preachers, Tom Jones, The Who. You know, he's worked Kylie. He's worked yeah. with all sorts of people. Like, you know what I mean? He's been there and done it. And he said it might take you a couple of days to really get it. You know what I mean? And but did you we, have all the tunes before you went down there? Or did you do yeah, any writing down there? No, we, had, we, we didn't have the... We literally, it was a bit of an oasis vibe where we had the tunes most well, written together, but you know, we had to record them still and we had 13 days to do it. It was the exact same schedule as oh, it. Oh my god, what's the story? Morning Glory, different studio. It was the Queen's yeah. studio, not the Oasis studio, but even still, like we went in there and we got there like half five, and I don't think they were expecting us until about eight o'clock. So we sort of pulled up into the courtyard and we were walking around and walked into the studio, which was just an empty room, empty control room, empty live room with a piano in the corner. It was, pit, it was dead dark in the rooms. And then we went out into the uh, the house and we're looking at the bedrooms and stuff. And we just, he said it would take us a couple of days to get it. It took us about 30 seconds. We were just like, fucking hell, this place is incredible. Do you know what I mean? Like you could just feel it. It was in the walls and yeah, yeah, it was just. It must have yeah. been seeping out of that place. It must have been. Yeah, it was, it was, it was just in a, it just felt like it was the perfect place to work, you know what I mean? I just don't know how you could go there and not get it and not not get into a nice headspace, you know, to play and record and even write, you know what I mean? I would have was loved it... to, to have had the money to, to have stayed and, 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 you know, like done a couple of weeks writing there, but it's, you know, it was one of them, so. So did, 
did you manage to get the 13 days done easily or was it a test at some points getting everything trapped and getting everything done that you needed to? I think the key to it was the producer come down to the drove down to Liverpool to uh, the Prachy room with me and the band for two days before we went up there and basically just listened to everything and then told us to think about a couple of things. But the musicians I play with in my band made the fucking... They're, they're unbelievable, you know what I mean? Uh, it, is, it is a top band. Yeah, and uh, the, the, it, it was... It's, the, the producers were, to this is going to be easy, and it really did. It did just flow. We would do... We don't... We were doing a day tracking and then a day's vocals, a day tracking, day's vocals. And it was just the way we just done it. And Dave Henninger, the producer, he was, he was like, oh, I've never seen anyone work. So I've worked on building sites for, for 10 years before I was doing this, this music stuff and worked with loads of hard work and fellas and labourers and stuff yeah. like that. And none of them worked as hard as Dave Henninger in that studio over the 13 days. He was in there from half nine in the morning. Till three o'clock the next morning, you know what I mean? It was just insane level for 13 days straight, no days yeah. off. Insane and intense. Yeah, but, but he, he was into it, you know what I mean? He lives and breeds it, and like that's what you want from a producer. Of course I mean? it is, of course it is. I mean, they're setting the expectation levels, aren't they? Yeah, if yeah. They're yeah. delivering, everyone else is delivering, and that's what yeah. you want. That's it. And he, he even to the fact where he was sat there, and like you know, obviously say I'd I'd done me 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 tracking in the day and I'd done me vocal in the evening. And it was getting to the later hours of the night where we were doing some overdubs on the on the guitars or pianos or organs, which I weren't playing. And you know, you sort of sat there and you sort of feel yourself like sort of like nodding off in between, like the yeah, and he wouldn't let you he'd fucking run over to you and start shaking you and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> fucking wake up, you know what I mean? And you'd be like, Whoa. <laughs> like, he was just, he was amazing, like do you know what I mean? He just got you right back into it straight away and yeah. Really, really lucky and fortunate to have, to have came across him and, and been been able to work with him because he just he just changed a lot of things. You know what I mean? For for me, in terms, of, I learned so much from him. But even like me here for sound and that now is just so well tuned because of him. And uh, yeah, I think just the album shows in like if you listen to it, you can tell it was just loads of people having a good time together and like you know just bouncing off each other. Yeah, and, yeah, it was just a great experience and. Regardless of what the album does, stat-wise, chart-wise, sales-wise, I will always have them 13 days of recording it, which was one of the best times of my life. And I have a shit-hot sound of album. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mate, and we can't wait to hear it. We just want to hear the finished result. Don't worry, mate. It's, <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. So then, man, let's, let's talk about the Olympia then. We can't not. And I read an interview that you did before you played it, and you said... There are elephant pits under the stage from the vintage circus days. Yeah. Talk about atmospheric, man. Yeah, it's literally... Have you ever been to the Liverpool Olympia, mate? Do you know something, mate? I have, yes. I've seen one gig there years ago. Yeah. Oh, I just lost you there. The venue. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an... Uh, it's just a... Like you say, it's such a historic venue. Like, it's... it's again, it's just in the wall stage, you know what I mean? And, like... I've been to gigs there. I've been to see fights there. I've been to see loads of shit there. You know, over the years in the city, it's it's in the north end of the city, in my yeah. end of the city, and um, you know, to I've even played there doing the footy stuff and that. You know, where I come from before, and yeah, like to think that I'd sell out three nights on the bounce of doing my own music there. You know, like it was it was surreal, really, and as Make, making history, mate, in the process as well. Yeah, no one's yeah. done that before. I know. I don't. I mean. 
it's a great, it's obviously it's a lovely coincidence and it's a really like, you know, it's a boss achievement, but I don't like to, I don't really dwell on that, you know what I mean? No. Because, like, it's obviously, it's just a fantastic achievement that, you know, nearly 6,000 people have come to see me across three nights, you know what I mean? That's like, but in terms of the history making side of it, it's, I suppose it is and it's great, but it's not something that I'll dwell on or even shout about, you know what I mean? Like I've made history because there's so much more that I want to do. And there's so much like that I've got myself set on, and there's so many more. Yeah, like I'm just always looking. I'm never looking into history. I'm looking forward. Do you know what I mean? And it's probably one of my downfalls in terms of like the enjoyment I get out of life. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I, the type of person I am, I really. I, you, I, you ask me, girlfriend. You know, like I, if you were to see us after that gig, like. After I'd left the venue, you were already like, thinking about the next one. Yeah, I just wanted to go up to bed, get my voice rested, and like, you know, start thinking about the next sort of yeah steps of the journey. And I mean, you read it, don't you, with footballers when they or managers when they've won a medal, they've won a trophy, and it's like, right, the next one, the next one, and it's yeah. just there. Uh, you know, it's obviously it's a drive, isn't it? Yeah, well, there'll be times where you know I'll be able to sit back in, in, on my couch. And look at loads of footage and listen to loads of audio of, of these days. Do you know what I mean? And I think it'll mean that much more when I'm not in the in the thick of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, yeah no, I get that, mate. I get that. And which of the new tunes then uh, had the best reception from the home crowd? From the home crowd, that's they all got a really good reception. But I'd have to go with either going out on North End kids. But it's, yeah. I suppose it depends which night it was. Do you know what I mean? Because like. One night was more North End kid, do you know what I mean? And the other night was more going out. So between the two of them, it would have been hard to pick. But yeah, it's just I love those two tunes, mate. And like you've just I didn't realise then. So I mean North End kid, like I knew it was sort of about a place, but I didn't realise that you're from the North End of Liverpool and that's where it resonates then. Yeah, yeah. Well, like most people who I knew growing up were North End kids, do you know what I mean? Yeah. School in the South End and met a load of them, do you know what I mean? But there's this in Liverpool, I don't know if it's the same where you are, mate, but like here in Liverpool, there's it's not a strict divide, but there is like a sort of bit of banter around the north south divide within the city, do you know what I mean? See, I didn't know that, I did yeah. not know that at all. And I know Liverpool like quite well, I've been at gigs there loads of times, and I love it as a city, but I didn't know there was that little banter in, in between the you know the yeah. north and the south. It's not like a it's not like a general it's not like it like a, a hate thing or nothing like that. No. It's, there's a sort there's a sort of um idea that the south end of the city is a lot nicer and a lot posher than the north end. But it's not necessarily true because yeah, there are some of the best areas of Liverpool are in the south end of the city, but some you know, obviously Toxteth where the riots were that that's in the, the, the south end of the city, which is yeah. It's a lovely area, but obviously there's, there's bad things that have happened there, and there's there's, there's all sorts of uh, like Formby is in was technically in the north of Liverpool, and that's where all the footy players live. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. So it it depends where you come from. You know what I mean? If you were in the south, you'd probably say yeah. But what about that, that, and that? And <laughs> it's just more of a laugh, like oh, you know, that's a south end thing that or south enders speak like this. You can tell a south enders scout accent from the north enders, and 
it's it might be a load of bollocks really you know what I mean <laughs> for, me, for me it's a bit of a laugh to be, fair, to be fair mate we have got it in Manchester haven't we like North Manchester I suppose is more industrial where South Manchester you've got Didsbury in there yeah, or Tringham and all the, uh, all the leafy yeah. places <laughs> worked in Didsbury worked yes in Didsbury. worked in Deengate as well do you know what I mean so yeah Worked all over, man, to be fair. Denton as well, just outside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know Denton, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, yeah, I've worked around Manchester. I've, do you know what? It's mad Manchester because like, it's so similar to Liverpool, but so different at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Man, are so similar, but so different. It's unbelievable. You know we're, like, we're like distant cousins, aren't we? We, we, yeah, we yeah. are so similar, so passionate about our city, about our music, about our football, football fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Also, do you know something? I think we've got a very similar sense of humour as well. Yeah, we have. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Well, funny enough, I've got I've got mates. We got nicked for fighting at the football against Man United, and they were fighting with each other in the stands. And then they both went to jail together on the same day. They both went to strange ways. They both went to strange ways. And then made mates in strange ways. Right. <laughs> so, like, we said, uh, me mate, when I, I went to see me mate there, and he said, I'm having a fucking great time. He said, All oh, I'm anxious, boss, they're fucking hilarious. Do you think we're hilarious? We get all the house on fire. Do you know what I mean? It's fucking sound. And I was laughing my head off. And uh, funny enough, some of them lads, the man lads, come to me gig in Manchester. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And met up with some of the scouts lads who come to see. Do you know what I mean? So it was, uh, it, it, you know, even though we probably feel that we're so far apart, I suppose if we spend a bit of time together, you realise just how close you actually are, do you know what I mean? But, Absolutely, uh, mate. Absolutely. Yeah, but no. Yeah, just a little insight I have about <laughs> that. <laughs> okay, then let's hear the tune now. And I love this one. The lyric, no more time, paying rent to space on days unknown. It's absolutely massive. We're going to hear it. I want you to tell us a little bit about it first. This is days unknown. So, yeah, Days Unknown, it's a tune about, obviously, the, the second album was written the period since my first album came out, so we were obviously in lockdown pandemic times, and it was just about, it was about things being put on hold, do you know what I mean? Like, the start of the song was about things being put on hold. and Yeah, and the know, uncertainty. and Yeah, and sort of reaching for them, but, you know, just quite out of reach for the time being. And like the the park up the bus phrase was a phrase that everyone was using in football, wasn't it? You know what I mean? And I just thought it was it seems like life's parked up its bus at the moment, you know what I mean? Like when you say a team's just stops a block, that's what sort of life's doing, it's blocking us from getting out and experiencing it. And yeah, so that was the sort Joe of Joe says tactical masterclass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not just him, yeah, but he wasn't people. Um yeah, so it was that sort of one what you can't have. Do you know what I mean? Because of circumstances. And then the chorus, obviously, it's breaking into the feeling of having everything back that you love so much and being back, you know, back at the match with your mates, back at a gig with your mates, back in a park with your mates, getting pissed if you're a young 15-year-old. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, like you know, just proper life going, you know, walk, going into the chippy on your way home from the pub and all that stuff. All the the stuff. things that we took for granted. But, yeah, just all that coming back to you, do you know what I mean? And saying goodbye to going off after you literally scrolling the fucking dregs of Netflix because you've seen everything, because you've sat there watching it days on end, because you've had no work or no anything, you know what I mean? It's all about that in the chorus. And funny enough, the la 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 la's. I love the la 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 la's, man. I always, always love la 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 la's in tune. It's got two meanings, two sorts of reasons. Yeah, it's got a festival sing along sort of 
vision in there, but also it's got um it's got like it's 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 a reference to like blocking out the blocking out the, the ah the, yeah, I get you, man. Yeah, you know what I mean? Blocking out all the shit that you get yeah. from the BBC and the government and all that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? And just blocking it out and just holding on to what you what you can until you're allowed to go back out and get it, you know what I mean? Yeah, and obviously it's a dig towards the handling of everything by the Tories, do you know what I mean? And yeah. So yeah, it's just a it's just a song to sort it was a song to let out a lot of frustration for me, you know what I mean? And hopefully people feel the same when they listen to it, you know what I mean? I've had some great I tunes. love it, man. Beautiful tune. Great gigs and hope you like it. We're gonna hear it now. Okay, so I know that Bob Dylan's a massive influence, but what was the first record you ever went out and bought? Taking it right back to the start now. Yeah, first record I went out and... First new record, yeah. Like, it'd probably, it'd probably be Dig Out Your Soul, you know, in like man, 2008, you know what I mean? That's a good one, man. That is a yeah. good one. Yes. Because like, uh, while I was into... You know, music as a kid and that. I used to listen to everything on LimeWire. Yeah. You remember LimeWire? Of course, man. <laughs> yeah. Or that's probably what's coming back to you, aren't me now? Because I'm an artist, you know what I mean? All the people <laughs> that all the dodgy, dodgy songs that I downloaded and that over the years. But yeah, I used to listen to everything on LimeWire and then I remember it broke or broke my computer and like couldn't listen to it no more. And I was proper into my Oasis phase by then, do you know what I mean? Learning records and learning Oasis covers and that. And obviously they were bringing out the album. So um I remember like having to go and buy it from HMV, you know what I mean? I think that was probably the first personal record that I bought myself, do you know what I mean? Like as a young lad. And Mate, that's uh, a good pick though. I'm yeah, loving that. Yeah, yeah, but it's true, do you know what I mean? It was the, the first record that I physically bought was probably that. Other than that, it was probably like an Eminem thing that my mum bought me for you know, when I was a kid. Do you know what I mean? I used to love Eminem. Would you know something, mate? My first record was Eminem that I bought. 
Was it, yeah? Yeah. Well, we all had it when we were young, didn't we? We were all little M&Ms, weren't we? I think that's probably where some of my lyrics will come from, you know what I mean? Because, like, I used to listen to a bit of rap when I was a young kid, you know what I mean? That was the sort of in thing. It's only when I got older, that I, you know, when I got, like, 13, 14, 15, when I started opening my eyes to the Beatles, you know, Asus and Kings of Leon and stuff like that, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. That was the first record I bought. Dig out your soul. And uh, talking about the Beatles, I mean, I saw I saw your Twitter the other day where you said that you finished Get Back, uh, like I suppose everyone did over the Christmas period. And what a documentary that is, man. And like, I suppose for you who goes out and makes records, you must have like, it must have been great for you to see that oh, insight. I cried about three times watching it, you know what I mean? It was, it was emotional, just, wasn't it, man? Such a perfect thing, like, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, the, the funny thing about that is it's quite contrary of me to come out and do that to me because I was always one, even in past interviews, probably leading up to the first album, I always said, look, I'm taking nothing away from the Beatles. They're, they're absolute pioneers for what they've done, but they're not, in terms of like me Liverpool-based musicians, the Lars more done it for me and Shaq and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, I felt like it was more political, do you know what I mean, and more up my street. But now as more of a musician and like watching and listening, not not, not just over the way just before I get back come out, it was sort of once I start to spend more time with my band as they're all proper Beatles heads, do you know what I mean? And like yeah. I got more into George Harrison and the solo and then Oh the, the George Harrison solo stuff, man, for me. I yeah. mean, all things must pass. That album yeah. for me is up there with anything. I love that album. Yeah, and he sat on that album while he was in the Beatles, really. I know. Which is mad, but um so all that sort of, and then I started to, you know, the more you listen, I've you know, I've got, I've, you know, done the full back catalogue of the Beatles, you know what I mean, and just listened and, like, you realised and you hear stories about, like, basically they had nowhere to go, they were the top of everywhere and they were just pushing more boundaries and yeah. in new genres of music and just, like, it was just surreal, do you know what I mean, what they done and I think once you see it and listen and, you just, just I don't. There's no argument that they're the best band to have ever, to have ever probably done it. You know what I mean? I think in terms of the musical catalog, do you know what I mean? I just don't think I just don't see how anyone can give you a musical catalog and go. You know, as much as I love Oasis and bands like the Roses and stuff like that, I think if you just if you put down the back catalogs of all of these bands, I agree with you, man. I, I just think they were special, like. Like you say, the boundaries are pushed, but also you've got to remember that was probably wrapped up in seven and a half years. Yeah. Seven and a half year career, the Beatles. And it is crazy to, to even imagine that, that they got that much output in seven and a half years and that it was so good. Yeah. Special band, special band. So then, uh, what would be your go-to on the karaoke? On the karaoke? At the moment in time, at the moment in time, it would have been this must be the place by the talking heads. Do you know what I nice, mean? Yeah, it would have been that, but I've done the cover, I've done my own version of that tonight, so I can't really use that anymore. I'd probably go with the song I'm listening to loads at the moment. Um, oh, I took on my Spotify, it'd be mine's gone blank, but I've been proper smashing a certain song, Zedin, and for the life of me. Smashing the certain songs, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, probably um, 
another day by Paul McCartney. That's what my mind just went. You know what I mean? I've been listening to uh, another day loads, but if I had the proper back and track to that, I'd love to sing along to that because it's such a nice little song with Boss yeah. Just them melodies are amazing, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, either that or if I could sing it, the Beach Boys one. What's it called? Oh, the Beach Boys. I mean, they were another special band. Yeah, uh, not good. I love God. I love God only knows by the Beach Boys. God only knows. That's a beautiful tune. Not surfing you. Is it safe? No, not surfing USA. Surfing USA. Wouldn't it good be vibrations? Nice? Oh, wouldn't, it be nice? wouldn't it be nice? Yes. Yeah. Great, great song. If I could sing it properly, like Brian, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, but, man, that's another, that's just a masterpiece in it, pet sounds. Yeah. They're just, uh, it's amazing, like, you know what I mean? But, like the, the harmonies, the, the vision for those songs, like the proper, the proper music that, you know what I mean? And, Suppose they, that that's as the as the musical world's moving forward, I'm moving backwards. You know what I mean? And I'm just yeah. Like, I'm to, like that, that. That's the sort of stuff that I'm getting up in the morning and putting on now. You know what I mean? And just like feel so, I feel like a home with it. You know what I mean? And it's definitely coming out in these tunes that I'm writing at the moment. You know what I mean? And there's even the sounds of it with like the harmonies on going out, for example. Do you know what I mean? If you yeah. split and listen to them harmonies on the second and third chorus. It's proper Beach Boys, do you know what I mean? It's uh, like the three parts and how high it goes and all that. I, I love a three-part harmony, and I don't think like enough people do it anymore, but like you say, it's, uh, it's on your album there, but I love a three-part harmony, man. I mean, the Hollies as well, the Hollies would... Crosby, uh, Stills and Nash and Young. Crosby, Stills and Nash, yes, yes. Like, I, I love David Crosby, man. He's just one cool... He is one cool fuck. He, he's about 80 now and he's a big fella and he doesn't give a shit about anything. And uh, almost cut my hair. That song. Oh, mate. Oh, my God. The live version on YouTube of that where he's, you can, it's just, just raw. Crosby, yeah. you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's that bit where he goes, but I wasn't feeling. And he's yes. Singing, you know, his voice, it's a, it's scary. Like the, the, this is the problem. Paul Simon's another one who I listen to with loads of boss harmonies. Like these are all, it, they weren't broken. So why did why did we all go digital and try and fix music and you know make it all poppy and shit? You know what I mean? That like, I there's so many people in the world who've never even heard what we just spoke about in the last five to ten minutes. Do you know what I mean? And you think like if you listen to that, I bet you'd have a much better musical experience than if you listen to. I don't know Taylor Swift or Julie. You know, <laughs> taking nothing away from them, I'm yeah. sure they're lovely people, and they're you know they're obviously very very talented people as well. Do you know what I mean? But like, I just think like, you know, what happened to Joni Mitchell, man? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just like it's, beautiful soul, absolutely yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah but uh, you know, maybe I can bring it back. You never know, but um, yeah, that's it, man. Fist in your head, and uh, yes. Play, play it old school. So we touched on it before. You worked as a spark, grafted away in and around Liverpool whilst you were writing those tunes. And I think those real life experiences come at the fore, particularly on this next song. And you touched on it, to be fair. It's North End Kid. And I was going to ask you about the title and you've already told me it's at North End of Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's I mean... 
it, it could quite easily be somewhere in the south end of Liverpool or the south end of wherever. Do you know what I mean? Like there's there's it's the same of the same in every area. Do you it, know tell, it tells a story, and like you say, it's very relatable that everybody knows yeah. of that situation. I'd have heard of that situation. Right, right where you said North Manchester's more considered more uh, what's the word? Industrial and working yeah, class. More, more considered as an industrial working class place, and so is the north end of Liverpool, do you know what I mean? And so is seems like the north of most places. The north of England is seem like more of yeah. an industrial working class place. The north of no north is the opposite in, in Italy, actually. It's the south of Italy, which is more working class. It is, man, it is, yeah. Either way, either way, you know, for us here in this country, like it's it's known as the north is more working class and industrial. And yeah, the song's just about like but like you, we all know these people. Like you know, you go to the pub and you know fucking Jimmy from down the road. <laughs> but look, Jimmy from down the road tells a story like no one else. Do you know what I mean? Jimmy from down the road, when he's got his audience, he has them hung on the end of the seats. I love them characters in pubs. Yeah, he has them cry and laughing. You know what I mean? He fucking he coordinates the entertainment in that <laughs> pub from his seat. You know what I mean? And Jimmy from down the road is a North End kid who should be on a fucking stage somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Because if you can do it like that in a pub, you can do it on, you know, you can do it on a stage, you can do it on a telly. You just never had the opportunity or never had the, you know... Absolutely, absolutely. The path to walk down that way and do it on that platform, do you know what I mean? Never had the platform. So, like, I, I was thinking about some of my own mates and some people that, like, people that you see when you're out and about and you don't even know people who you watch from a distance and you can see that they're entertainers you can see that they were born to do something else do you know what I mean you can see that they were born to be out there in front of loads of people do you know what I mean I get um, that totally mate and like you've said before like working on building sites and things like I mean they're characters and entertainers that you can get in any walk of life but yeah on, a, on in the building game yeah. you see you see some characters there and it corresponds with you know these people might have might have spoke about, um, might have spoke about you know I, I quite like to do a bit of acting or I quite like to do a bit of singing or dancing or whatever it is that they said that they wanted to do, and um, you know people around them say oh, fuck off lads you can't be you know what I mean that's not you know what I mean that's not you know what I mean you don't do all that you're not one of them you know what I mean you're not like that you, you've got no chance of all that lads you know what I mean like. You know, that ship's well sailed for you. You've got to be in it from a young age. Do you know what I mean? You can't make it now. Do you know what I mean? And you just think, like, why? Do you know what I mean? Like, why not? Do you know what I mean? Like, exactly. Look at Carl Pilkinson. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's about 45 and he just became a phenomenon, you know what I mean, amongst the British television watching world. Do you know what I mean? So there's nothing, like, basically, it's, it's, it's a lesson to not end up like the North End kid. Do you know what I mean? I don't, you know... Keep trying and keep believing. Yeah. Instead of going into your bedroom and smoking a you know a hash pipe and dreaming about fucking what you want to be, you know what I mean? Pull away the covers and fucking go out and do it rather than going back to your day job. Do you know what I mean? You've got to you've got to take the plunge somewhere and you know you know dream your dream, live your dream, and go and do it. You know what I mean? It's like it's it 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 is what it is. It's sort of the same philosophy as the live your dream. You know, by cast live the yeah. dream. It's the same sort of ethos behind the song that I'm getting at, you know what I mean? Don't don't be bound down by the people around you and the circumstances around you and the environment that you're in. Go out and do it, you know what I mean? And don't don't look back and don't listen to anyone who's telling you you can't. Do you know what I mean? Like if even if you've you know, because if you love doing it, 
even if you've been doing it, if that's what you love and you've been doing it till you're 60, 65 and you still haven't done, made nothing with it, you've still spent your life doing something that you love, haven't you? At the end of course of the you day. have, man. Of course yeah, you have. And that's it. It's a life-affirming tune and I love the little subtle whistle in there as well, just before yeah. that build. And we're <laughs> going to hear it now. This is The North End Kid. Tommy's from the city, he lives in a north end terraced house Near the council estate, he makes windows and doors And though his friends and means to end, so how he often thinks of getting out Like his mother did near 18 years before He's got a vision of going on a mission to the USA He wants to sing and dance and act on those Broadway shows If he should speak away, the Vanek save it for another day For the North End kid like him, that's how it goes He goes upstairs and takes his medicine Goes to heaven in his head and shuts his eyes When he sees the sunshine on his face Sees the winners a completely different place Where he can find himself a lover And have a kid to its base Where there's music in the streets The clouds are throwing roses at his feet and then he pulls away the covers and ready's for another couple days in the real world struggling to make ends meet. What does Liverpool, what does coming from Liverpool mean to you? It, mean, it means everything really, you know what I mean? It, it, it means it, it's made me who I am, do you know what I mean? I wouldn't be this person today without coming from where I've come from, you know what I mean? Seeing what I've seen, experiencing what I've experienced and walking the road I have. It's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a proud, and you know, it's a proud sort of medal that I'll always wear, you know what I mean? I think so. I think you should be very proud of where you're from, yeah. Yeah, always. Even if it's not Liverpool, if it's someone else, and it's Manchester, if it's Newcastle, Leeds, whatever, just Durham, bloody, you know, cock them out in the late district. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> it shaped you to who you are. Do you know what of I mean? Of course it has. You wouldn't be. You wouldn't have that mindset or that, you know, that sharpness that you've got. You know, otherwise, without being in the circumstances you have, where you've had to sharpen your tool, that is your mind. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, it's just such a. For me, Liverpool is like it's got so much culture, it's got so many such a wide variety of cultures, you know what I mean? It's, it's just so many different types of people, and like, yeah, there's you know, it's not always a perfect place, do you know what I mean? But nowhere is, do you know what I mean? And I think it's about trying to, it's it, you know, you, you always want to, for me, I want to 
show off what a wonderful place Liverpool can be and the bad places. I think it's a beautiful place, man. Yeah, it is, but the bad places, you know what I mean, and the, the run-down places, I want to help with, you know, by talking about them, exposing them, like, you know, supporting them, you know what I mean? You want to you wanna make it as good a place as you can, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's your home and, you know, you what you should, yeah, I'm proud, of course I'm proud of you, you should be, you know, where, if someone was to, you were to visit Liverpool or whatever, do you know what I mean? You were to get on to me and say, hey, Jamie, like, do you know what I mean? I'm in Liverpool for the day. Can you just tell me where to go? I'd want you to have the best day possible. Do you know what I mean? So I'd really think hard about like, look, you should go and do this. And if you're going to have your brekkie, go here. And if you're going to have your lunch, go here. And if you want to see this and you want to, you know, you, you want to speak to, you, know, you know, you want to speak to someone and go into this pub and speak to this fella behind the bar and he'll tell you, you know what I mean? All that. So, you know, I want you to, uh, uh, you know, I want you to feel what I feel when you walk around my city. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Uh, it means absolutely everything to me. I mean, it's not to say that, you know, I haven't, you know, I hate everywhere else because there's so many places in the world that I love and so many places in the country that I love. Now, especially now after doing this tour and meeting the people and experiencing the culture and everything else, you know, it's great. But like Liverpool is, it's the number one for me. It's the centre of the universe for me. Do you know what I mean? It's, for, and it, and it's a special city. Yeah. And also home to the new Batman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I am a fan of Batman as well. <laughs> so am I. I'm, I'm watching that film. I've got a guilty pleasure for Batman and James Bond for some reason, do you know what I mean? I so, have as well, man. I have. Someone who hates Tories in the establishments, I've got a, I've got a, a, a thing for fucking someone who's a special agent for them, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but no, uh, yeah. It's uh, Liverpool's Liverpool for me, but yeah, the centre of the universe is the best way to show it to up. Be, to be fair, mate, as well, James Bond's, uh, well, he's from Chester, isn't he? So he's not far away, but he's a Liverpool fan. He is, yeah, he is, yeah. He's uh, the best Bond that there's been so far, I'd have to say, based on that. But uh, <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, again, that's another reason why I'm so proud of Liverpool, because we've got all these, you know, like, the thing I think about with Liverpool is, why... Particularly over the last 40, 50 years, the, the, the shitty hands we've been dealt off governments and, like, you know, the, the, the struggles that we've had to overcome. And yet, yeah. we've produced, you know, we've produced four of the world's biggest pop stars ever in the Beatles. That's we, true. We've produced some of the, the, the biggest, you know, footballers of the history of the world, you know what I mean? As a football team, we went out and literally conquered everything that we could conquer in the game. Do you know what I mean? All from this little port city who keeps getting dealt shitty hands, do you know what I mean? And even in industry, in, you know, in terms of people, businessmen, we've got some really, really successful businessmen from Liverpool who've been out there, who've come from fuck all, do you know what I mean? And they've got no right to be where they are based on, based on economics, in other cities like fucking Rome and do you know what I mean? Or, you know, all these London, all these big places across the world, New York, do you know, like we, but here we are, these little representatives of this little port city matching these big cities and places and countries blow for fucking blow. Do you know what I mean? Going toe to toe, mate. And same, same with Man- Manchester, do the same. Yeah, thing, you know what I mean? yeah. We've got no right, really, when you look at, the, the, the sorts of things that I've just mentioned, funding and, do you know what I mean, backlash from the governments and even sort of, the, the, what's the word, that's persona that's given around, you know, the, the, the slayers that, that the city given and that, you know what I mean? And everything really, it's just, we've got no right to, to, 
as people to have excelled the way we have. Do you know what I mean? And just the way I feel about it, we have. And Manchester is is no difference. Do you know what I mean? No fucking different. You know what I mean? It's a it's amazing to to see like what you can do with taking those those lessons that you learn as a young working class lad and making them not letting them define you, but let, you know, not letting them destroy you, but letting them you know not define you and letting them make you. Do you know what I mean? Letting them spare you on to go and do something. Don't let them keep you where you are. Do you know what I mean? Or push it further down at home? I certainly do, man. I certainly do. And I remember um, the old black and white gangster film star, James Cagney. I don't even know if you've ever heard of him. He used to play gangster parts in the 1940s. And I read his autobiography once. And he said just after World War II, he came to Liverpool and he arrived uh, on a like a, a cruise ship, if you like, from the States. And he said, I got there and the place was dishevelled with like bombing from the Second World War and it had been battered. But what he couldn't forget was the spirit that greeted him as he got off the ship and the people and how they were just so enthusiastic for life. And he said that he's, well, he has always remembered it because he put it down in his autobiography and I was reading that and I thought that's pretty special, man. It's pretty special, and even to do one up, you know, like Pele stayed in like in like a suburb of Liverpool before, and he's wrote about it, you know, in wow. and spoke about it in interviews. And a much less famous son, you know, one call my son, you know, one of the world's evil people, visited Liverpool. Adolf Hitler visited Liverpool, visited Toxteth. Jesus, before long before the you know before the war, before the war, yeah, obviously. And um, he actually there's actually like quotes from him about. Liverpool and Toxteth and stuff somewhere. So it's uh no, that's nothing to be proud of, obviously, but still, you know, uh, it goes to show that it leaves you an impression on people, do you know what I mean? And I think anyone who hasn't been to Liverpool, you know, you you can go there if you go there knowing the right things and knowing where to go, you 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 won't forget the time you spent there, do you know what I mean? And yeah, you can obviously tell how proud I am of it, you know what I mean? It's uh but I think that's that's how it should that's how it should be. Like I said, of course you should. Of course you should. Be should be. anyway. You should be proud of it. And you should wear it. And uh, I do. Wear it, man. It's part of you. And this is uh, it's a little tradition of mine. It's the last question, and it's going to be this one. If you could go back in time and go to any gig in history, who are you picking? It's hard, really. It's probably be split between three. It has to be a Beatles early gig in Liverpool. I would have fucking loved to have seen like the Beatles man at the cavern. Oh. The excitement around that must have just been like you know scary when you come back to play the cavern and stuff like that after like you know making it the sort of oh, just with it being electric. Um, stop making sense. Talking heads. Yes. I would have loved to it. It was filmed over four shows in New York in 1984 in the in the midst of the new wave era. Do you know what I mean? I would have fucking loved to have seen that. And then it's either like Crosby Stills and Nash at Woodstock slash, slash the concert for Bangladesh. Do you know what I mean? It's like between them four, like I don't know which one I'd rather have went to have seen, you know what I mean? I'd probably have to say the concert for Bangladesh though because it had like some of the Beatles and it had Bob Dylan as well. Do you know what I mean? Bob Dylan played like with with George Harrison on the stage, Major, yeah, George Harrison was heavily involved in that one. Yeah, what yeah, a lineup! Yeah, I've got the I've got the vinyl for that concert. You know what I mean? And I've listened to it a couple of times, and it's it's an unreal, 
unreal listening, you know what I mean? And just like the the, the atmosphere there just sounded unbelievable. Even at one point, George Allison comes out before Ravi Shankar goes on the stage because Ravi Shankar opened the ceremony. You know, open, ah, the, right. I didn't know that, right. Yeah, so Ravi Shankar was the opening act and his band, do you know what I mean, with the Indian yeah. And George Harrison comes out to the crowd and says, look, um, before we get crazy, basically, with the rock and roll and everything else, I want everyone to really not talk and not smoke while um, while the Indian music's on and really, really concentrate on it if you can. And, you know, yeah, imagine me, you know, imagine trying to go out now in today's world and say... No, man. Just sit quietly and listen to, you know, like a festival. Imagine yeah. Neighborhood festival and say, <laughs> right, Ravi Shankar's going to get on with the Satana, but I want you to really just don't talk or don't shout or just sit there and listen and really think about it and almost meditate. That's what he's telling people to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And George Addison comes out and says that, and everyone applauds him. Ravi Shankar comes out, basically says the same thing, tells people what he wants from them while he's playing. And the crowd does it, and the crowd, like, during that, uh, 15 minutes or so of Indian music I actually sat there and done what they told me to do on my couch with me vinyl speakers and sat there and I and at the end of that sort of section the crowd starts screaming and going mad you know like they must feel like empowered or enlightened and I must admit I did myself do you know what I mean uh, must be yeah. something in it you know what I mean obviously it was good enough for George so it was good enough for me like you know what I mean? absolutely man yeah it's an unbelievable I think the, the whole thing that surrounded it and stuff like that was just uh, would have just been pretty special do you know what I mean to be involved that uh, to be involved in rather than yeah I'd probably say that's one I think it was 74 or something was I it think called? it was 74 you know yeah 74 yeah, yeah. Um, I like you say that's a moment in time like that that doesn't happen like that no, kind no. of concert is a moment in time. That's yeah. that's away from the norm and what a, what a special experience for anyone who attended it yeah, either that or the last waltz to have been at. Have you seen the last waltz? Yes, yeah. Bands, Robbie Robertson, and yeah, it would have been good to have been there with them, you know what I mean? And being, being in that crowd, I'm sure it was quite a small venue with all the stars that they had on stage. Yeah. You know, Johnny Mitchell, Van Morrison, Ringo Starr, Dylan, Muddy Waters. The list just goes on, you know what I mean? Of all the great two they played with, and he, Eric Clapton, Neil Diamond, all got up, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It doesn't get much stars other than that, but I don't think, you know what I mean? I think the, the sort of, it would have been very hard to get a ticket for that anyway. So, yeah, but not any of them sorts of things I'm talking about. It was a different age for music, do you know what I mean? And that's why I'd want to go back, do you know what I mean? I'd love to go back, love to go back, man. To go back to the 60s or the 70s. And, yeah, mate, I'm sure it was very hard to get a ticket, almost as hard as getting a ticket for you at the cabin, man. 